Susan, welcome back. Bobby, thanks for joining her chorus. That was a blessing, was it not? That is, that is awesome to see. Those young ones stepping into some things that they may be doing for the rest of their life. So that's really awesome. Uh, this morning, on Memorial Day, we're going to continue and close on a series of messages that myself and Jim have been doing called Now What? And what it means to step into the ministry that God has given to all of us. And today is going to be a special day for New Day Church. We are stepping into our third. Everybody say third. This is our third mandate that the Lord has given to us. I just want to explain a little bit from the backdrop. When you plant a church and you get a lot of advice and counsel and you look at other church plants and you do the natural thing. You start to look at, man, how do you do this and when do you do this and what should you do? What happens is you have a lot of good ideas that get placed onto the table for you to make a decision on what you're going to do. So when you start a church, of course, you have a service and then you hopefully move into where you have an assimilation program and then you have small groups and then you have programs for everybody to participate in. And I just felt at the beginning of starting this church that the Lord, as he was preparing me for two and a half years, was saying, Justin, reel back everything you think you should do and are going to do until I give you some steps to take. And it was one of the hardest disciplines for me because this is how you do a church plan. At least that's what I thought in my mind. And so the first mandate that God gave us at New Day was just, and I want you to focus on building my people up every Sunday morning. Call them up into who I am for them, into who they are for me. So for 14 and a half months, almost 15 months, you have heard me with different messages, but with the same theme of calling you up into who God is for you and to who you are to God. And it's allowed us now to buy into a, a new perspective of who this God is for us and who we are to him, that you are his beloved. Like he delights in you. And that he sees you in Christ and he's placed things on the inside of you that may have lied dormant for many years, but God is resurrecting them and calling you to be his because you are his and he is yours. And who he is for you, that many of you have come to realizations going through some very difficult moments of asking this key question. God, who do you want to be for me right now? And one of the greatest examples we have is uh, Aunt Patty, as she lost her husband two years ago. And what happened as a result, or a year and a half ago, I'm sorry, on the exact date, is that she asked the question, God, who do you want to be for me right now? That you couldn't be for me at any other moment in my life. And God says, I'm going to be your husband. And she felt the assurance of God's love and the security of God's love. It doesn't mean she doesn't go through trials or miss her husband or have challenges. She just discovered a side of God. When our daughter got sick with diabetes, sometimes we get so fixated on God being a healer that we forget he's so much more than just a healer. 
And so when I ask the question, God, who do you want to be for me right now, knowing my daughter's sick, it's an incurable thing. She's never going to, by the doctor's report, she's never going to be different. Who do you want to be for me, Justin? I want to be your sustainer, and I want to be your comforter. And boy, did I get a, such a dose of a revelation of God not going, when are you going to heal her? God, you're her healer. God, you're her healer. No, I said, man, God, I'm going to embrace you that you will sustain our family and you will sustain our daughter while she has diabetes. And that you're going to be a comforter to us during these difficult moments. And so that was the first mandate. And I became very intentional every sun Sunday to call you up into those two things. The second one at the beginning of the, 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 the start of the church, that the mandate that I believe God gave us, and the word mandate just simply means an assignment, an instruction, a specific thing that God wants us to focus on, was Justin, invest heavily, 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 or heavenly, doesn't matter, it's a little easier to say heavenly than it is to say heavenly, um, invest heavily and personally into the men of this house. And so for 15 months, every other week, I have made a commitment to spend time with the guys and to talk the gospel, to understand who they are as men, to understand who they are in Christ. And man, that's been one of the, <laughs> I'm emotional today. Those kids, man. That has been such a fulfilling aspect of what God has called us to do is to invest in the guys and to watch them catch the heart of the Father toward them. I just had breakfast with a gentleman who, he's not here today, but he goes, comes here on a regular basis, and, and he never, ever felt like his dad ever loved him. And it's such a simple thing, like, yeah, his dad probably said it, but his dad never showed it. He always showed an annoyance toward him or a frustration toward him. And it had ripple effects on his relationship with God until one day he was driving. What a testimony. He was driving and God just said, you are my beloved son and I'm your father. You are mine and I will care for you from here on out. I'm your dad. That other man is not. And it said everything changed in his life because he caught a revelation of who God is. And so to watch you men who have consistently come every other week to learn the gospel, discuss the gospel, discuss the heart of God, I've watched you catch it. And then the third mandate, which is given uh, to me three months ago, but we haven't done anything with it. And that's what I want to encourage you is sometimes when God gives you something, it's a seed. And sometimes we feel like, oh, I can't do that right now. Or you try to act so quickly that you don't allow that seed to produce a vision for something. And you start to step out into something before you have the heart and the vision for it. Now remember this, God does not give you all the steps. So I'm not, I'm not waiting for God to give me the steps. I know that, man, he dropped a seed in me about this third mandate. It excited me so much. I mean, I began to tell Jim and I told some other people here. I said, man, this is what I see God doing. And little by little, as I just receive what God has said, it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like at the point where it's, for me, it's going to explode inside because I know how big it's going to be and the wave that we're catching in the body of Christ. And that third mandate which we've been talking about for some time, me and Jim, is to raise up, and this is very important, the words that I'm going to share. I, I chose these words for a reason. To raise up and to send out missionaries into our communities to reach the lost for Christ. Because what you're supposed to do as a church plant is to not next move into a season of small groups. 
and then a season of programs where we can now minister to people. And nothing is wrong with any of those, but I felt like the Lord is saying, Justin, that is not for New Day right now. As you all said, I'm going to actually share this again for some people that are new here. I'll go to that screen, the pit stop. When he showed me the difference between a pit stop and a garage. And he said, Justin, what if the church was like a pit stop and not a garage? A garage is where you go home, you park your car, and you settle. This is home. It's comfortable. It's familiar. That's where we go back to. And how many know our home is heaven? Amen? Home is not a church. That is not where you are supposed to call home. I know this may be your home church, but it may be just for a season of life until God sends you somewhere. Can I get an amen? Or oh no. But when he showed me a picture of a pit stop, I realized the function of New Day is now to call you up and to send you back out into the race that God has called you to run and the ministry that God has called you to fulfill. And now I have the privilege of not seeing you as, oh good, we're home, let's settle. No, I have the privilege of going, we don't have much time here on Sunday, but let's fix your tire, get you some gas, and let's get you back on to the road so you can run the race that God has called you to run. And that to me has excited me over the last 15 months to watch how that has morphed into this mandate of sending out missionaries to where? Our Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 1, we'll go over it a little bit later, but it says that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to now go where? Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then to the ends of the world. And sometimes we, we want to get called to go there and go to that country and go there and help out those people when in fact God said, yeah, but I planted you right in the community where you are because you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You are the light of Christ to a dark world. And watch what I'm going to do when you receive the calling that I have for you. And so the third mandate that the Lord has given to us, and I believe it's not us who's starting. I believe there's a wave going through the body of Christ that we are simply jumping on that wave, and it's to send out missionaries to our local communities. And so today, and let me just say this, in the third mandate that God gave us, oh, I already did that, and today we are commissioning Jim and Amy and Mike and Jess to be our first missionaries to their communities. Now, to me, this is way, way exciting because I realize this is just the beginning of something extremely special. And they're going to come up at the end and just share something that happened a couple nights ago in their heart for this. But at any moment during this message, you may feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go, you know what? That's you too. And you'd be like, man, he totally got the wrong red seat because that's nothing to do with me, right? And we may dismiss it. We may push it away. Why? Why do we do that? Because we're so self-conscious. When you put self aside and say, God, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you called me to do because you equipped me to do it, then it no, no longer matters about us. Remember, you're just that pipe. A pipe doesn't produce water and a pipe doesn't fulfill the person on the other end. All it does is allow the water to flow from the source to the person that needs the water. And so it's not like, ah, oh, I can't really produce water. You're not called to produce water. You're called to allow the water of the Holy Spirit, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to flow through your life so that the other side, somebody can benefit from the power of God. And so I believe we all, to some degree, are catching the vision of the pit stop rather than the garage, that we are to be the church. We are not coming to church. And we're not doing church. We're not saying, kids, we're going 
to church. And I understand that's fine. That's simple uh, uh, terminology. But at the end of the day, I want all these kids up here, all the kids that are sitting next to you to realize they are the church. And the church happens when we leave these doors into the world that God has sent us to. And so it's a vision of every believer contributing through the gifts that he has given to all of us. There is not one person in this room who has disqualified yourself from or has no gifts from God. It's a vision of every believer using his or her gifts to take God's love. Everybody say God's love. It's taking God's love. It's not taking yourself. It's not taking your eloquence. It's not taking your supernatural ability. It's taking God's love. And how do you take something you haven't first received? And so we've learned for 15 months, how do you receive from God? Because in the kingdom, you become by receiving. And how are we going to become love until we receive? Most often, we're trying to become what God has called us to become by doing. No, you become by receiving. Father, I receive your love today. Increase my capacity so that as I go throughout my neighborhood, I start to see your heart for every single person. I start to have compassion for those who are going through a tough time. And so it's God's love that we take. It's his power that he has infused us with. And now we go into the world in which we live. It's a vision of no longer thinking of church as an event or a place to go. I know those are weird words coming from a pastor like, please come back on Sunday. But I don't want you to think that this is church. This is not church. This is where the church gathers part of New Day community. And we're realizing that we, his people, are the church wherever we go into every place that we go. And so the church is what? Where Christ lives. And where does Christ live? In us. It is Christ-empowered people, all of us sons and daughters of the kingdom, who are called priests for the purpose of winning against what the enemy has trying or have, has stolen, that we are to take back ground for the kingdom of God. And the ground that he wants is people. And so church is where Christ lives, which is in us. It's not the place that we meet. Christianity is not about doing church together, but it's about being the church of God. Church is not some place we go just to participate in a time of worship, but it's about being who you are in Christ and thus experiencing the real life that lives in you. So your Christianity is defined by the Christ in you. Let me say that again. Your Christianity is defined by one person alone. And who is that? Jesus. Who lives in you. Your Christianity is not defined by how often you attend church, how much you serve the church, how much you worship God, how much you pray, and how much you read your Bible. All those things are great. You do them with a pure heart, you will be rewarded. But I can tell you how God measures your Christianity is on one thing. Who dwells within you? And if it's Christ by the Spirit of God, that's how he measures you. And so not a single person in this room has to feel inferior to the next. Why? Because the same Christ and the same Spirit lives in you as it does me. And so we are called 24 hours a day, seven days a week to represent him to the world in which we live. And so the church is meant to be the expression of Christ's life and his power in our lives. And each of us, not just me, have a ministry from God to fulfill while you are here on this earth. 
Every single one of you, before you were born, he formed you in your mother's womb. He knit you together. He knows who you are. You were created with a ministry to fulfill while you're on this earth. And I don't want you going, oh man, what is my ministry? Well, if you're a mom, I can tell you what your ministry is. To be a mother. And to do it faithfully and to do it with an attitude that pleases the Lord. And to know that that's the ministry that God has given you to be a mom. If you're a husband, it's to be a husband. If it's a wife, to be a wife. If it's a father, to be a father. But then there's ministries that we'll talk about that are outside of that are specific assignments that God has given each of us to fulfill while we're here on this earth. God isn't an advancer. I want you guys to hear that loud and clear. God is always advancing his kingdom. He's never like, man, I'm ready to retire, guys. Like I, We've been doing this for a long, long time, and it's not working too well, so I'm just going to bow out for a little bit. No, God is always advancing. He's always given us more mandates. And so although he gave us one mandate, and then he gave us another mandate, now he has given us a third mandate. doesn't mean that he gave us a third one, so now we don't have to be faithful for the first two. And this is why you can see it takes a community and takes a team of leaders to fulfill a mission that God has given to us. Because as the mandates get more, there's only so much that one person or one group can do until God says, no, Nehemiah, I want you to go build the wall. That's a mandate. Go rebuild the city that is in ruins. But he had a team of people that were faithful to build the wall that God has assigned him to build. And so advancing his kingdom is about taking back the ground that the enemy has stolen and that he desires, our father desires to partner with all of us. Why? Because we're his sons and we're his daughters so that he can advance the kingdom of God on this earth. And therefore he has given all of us a ministry along with his grace and along with his anointing to do his work on his behalf. So when he places a ministry on the inside of us and we receive it, we say, Father, I receive whatever it is that you have for me. So for me, it's going to be a pastor. That's a ministry that God has given to me. He's given me a gift to teach and so when I receive the gift to teach and I receive the ministry that he has given to me now as I take that step knowing that it's outside of myself I have fears I have insecurities all those things God says oh wait 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 the ministry I gave you actually comes with the grace to do what I called you to do but also an anointing so that when you step into it it's going to break the the chains and the yokes and the bondages off the people that you minister to so Justin it has nothing to do about you actually all you have to do is say yes to the ministry and watch my grace and my anointing fulfill the purpose of that ministry you just have to be a vessel are you catching what that looks like because the moment we start to talk to God God about uh God, I can't lead these people of Israel. Who am I? I'm a stutterer. Oh, 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 so you want to talk to me about your weaknesses. That's actually why I chose you so that you would never feel like you're the one that fulfilled it without my grace and my anointing on your life. And we all have that on our life. The grace comes with the ministry. The grace comes with the giftings. The anointing comes with it. And so the church's true nature, and I just want to say this because I didn't say it at the beginning, um, allow me time to unpack this. Because I feel like I want to say some things that are very important until we bring up Jim, Amy, Mike, and Jess. Um, and then Jess is going to preach to us. To, just, just kidding, Jess. That was mean. That was mean. As she pinches Mike and says, let's get out of here. So the church's true nature is best seen by the life that Jesus modeled. What did he do? He took the life of the kingdom everywhere that he went, out into the world that he was ministering to. I love how it says in 
Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 1 through 3, I think it is, that he was dining with sinners, and he was dining with those who were um, uh, uh, tax collectors, and the people that, man, they were just, they were looked down upon because of their lifestyle, and yet they sat with Jesus and listened to his teaching. What was he teaching? The kingdom of God. He was calling them up into who they could be if they would just embrace who he was. And so in the process of going, he healed, and he loved, and he delivered, and he shared the good news. God's heart is missional at the core as he seeks to recover his children who are lost and who are blinded out in that dark world. And Jesus, it says these very words, Jesus said, I came to what? Seek and to save that which is lost. I don't see Jesus on this earth, but I do say that he dwells in so many people. We have what? 105 people maybe here today. He dwells in every single one of us. Can you imagine if we got the heart of God to leave here going, man, I am Jesus wherever I go. And so this is just not a sidebar issue. It's because of God's love and of his care for us and reaching others for God. And so I truly believe that the church, not just New Day community, is becoming unleashed. It's like we're, we're taking off the religious little collar that has held us in a certain place and, and kept us in a certain way, and we're releasing the functional side and going, go and be sons and daughters of the living God, knowing that the Spirit of God dwells on the every inside of every single one of you, that where you go, God goes. Where you go, the anointing of God is upon your life to break the bondage of others. Oh, I can't pray for that person. Why? Because I'm not prayed up. Yeah, but the Jesus on the inside of you who has been interceding and the Holy Spirit who dwells in you is fully ready to use you to pray for somebody else and to share the love of God for other people. This is a lifestyle that we're talking about. It's about eventually all of us, and I just appreciate Jim and Amy, Mike and Jess, and they will, they will attest to this very truth. They're not up here because they're Mr. Courageous people. They're up here because they know at the heart that God said it's you. And that they're willing, they're willing to receive what God said is the next step in the next ministry for them. And so they're going to take a bold step that we're all going to be able to watch and hear of the goodness of God. And how God uses for very ordinary, because we all are ordinary people, to do something special in the community. There's a gentleman named Jim Rutz. He says these words, The bleachers are beginning to empty as 700 million action-oriented Christians are starting to pour out onto the playing field and discover the joy and the challenge of having a ministry of their own. The bleachers are coming. They're no longer spectating. They're saying, I want to be in the game. And the game is not this. This is not the game. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Put that on there. This is where that pit stop comes from. And he himself gave some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists and teachers and pastors. For what? For the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That when I stand up here, I have an, a, a purpose. I have an agenda. What is it? Not to get you to help me build New Day. That's not even part of my, my, my mindset anymore. Mine is like, oh, okay, God, you have called me to equip every single one of the people in this, in this room for the work of the ministry that you have given to them to do outside of these four walls. Lord, help me to be faithful to that, and let me, this is a big one for me, help me to see that inside people. 
Because if I get blinded by your indifference or by your behavior or by your fear, what happens And I start to pet those things in your life and focus on those things rather than say, you know what, I don't know what you've done in your past, but you're not disqualified from the things that God has called you to do. And I get to equip you for the work of the ministry. And so the bleachers are emptying out of people going, I want in, I want in, I want in. Why? Because it's not about me anymore. I'm not scared if I'm going to fail because I realize I have the grace and the anointing of God and he's already went before me. Remember me sharing that with you guys is that God says, I go before you. I've been where I'm taking you and now I come back and I'm present with you and you know what? I got your back too. What more do we want? So how do you define ministry? Ministry is simply how we will serve God's people. How will we serve God's people, both the believer and the lost? Ministry was and always will be a gift from God. You don't make this up yourself. You don't just try to produce it on your own. Ministry is not something that we force, but it's something that God gives, and we receive it from the Lord. Ministry, listen to this, is not something we do for God. It's something we allow God to do through us. I'm not doing this to make him happy. I'm not doing this to make God more pleased with me. I'm doing it because I'm his beloved son, and now he can use me as a vessel to do what he's called to do. There's two types of ministry that we talked about before. The first one is where you have this, uh, let me just make sure I have it right, where you have these daily opportunities of ministering to people wherever you go, in your neighborhood, in your workplaces, at the gas station, wherever it is, there's opportunities. If we have our eyes open and our hearts ready to receive, God will go, that's time. And then there's others where they're specific. Justin, I've called you to plant a church. That's a specific assignment. Some of you have been given specific assignments from God. If you haven't, don't force it. Don't feel bad about not doing it. I, I realized in the beginning of our stages, Nikki said, you know what? I realized being a teacher is my ministry to these kids. And now you start seeing them as you can shepherd these young kids and not just teach them uh, arithmetic and math and history and all those things. No, you have the spirit of God to minister to every single one of those kids because they come from broken homes. They come from good homes. They come with not knowing what's going on in their life and she can minister to them. And so she realized that's my ministry. And so we have to receive. What does it mean to receive? To take responsibility and to allow God to hold us accountable. Lord, I received this ministry of, of planting this church called New Day, and now I take responsibility of being faithful to that assignment. What are the mandates you have for us here, Father God? And now I'm accountable. At, at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit's going to check in and go, are we faithful, Justin, to do what I've asked you to do? And if I say, well, I, I, just, I didn't get to that. You know, it didn't make sense to me. I, nobody wanted to do it. I don't, I don't know. I, all I know is, God, you said, man, missionaries, send them to Jerusalem. God, I can't wait to see how that plays itself out because I have no clue what that looks like. And just in the last three minutes or three months, it started to get more and more clear. I connected with somebody else that, man, spoken in my life about what that actually looks like and how they're doing. I was like, holy cow. Man, this is something that could literally change communities without people... Without us, and this, please, when you hear me, I hope you hear my heart because I don't see criticism at all in my mind when I say this kind of stuff, but I don't want to allure a whole bunch of people to get inside this building. I want us to bring Christ to people. Man, that we reach people right where they're at. We're not trying to get them into a church building. We're not trying to, thinking that this will fix their life. No, Jesus is the one that we're trying to introduce them to, and Jesus lives on the inside of us, so let's go just... <laughs> 
puke Jesus out to people, amen? And so most of, take it out of the recording, okay, put a better word there. Spew, let's use the word spew. And so most of the truly defining moments of our lives takes place because we're willing to step out. Jim and Amy, uh, Mike and Jess, they are stepping out. I can tell you right now, that's a huge step for Jess, huge step for Amy, and I don't know if they're getting dragged or if they're willingly jumping, <laughs> but it's a huge step, amen? But what I mean is they're, they're stepping out of their comfort zone. You're going to hear what happened just two nights ago as they chose to do so. And now because they did, they're going to experience something that many of us may never experience. I don't know what it's like to skydive. I never will know what it's like to skydive. But I guarantee somebody who chose to do so and is living to tell about it probably enjoyed that experience. They got out of their comfort zone. They took an adventure and it was thrilling for them. The same thing is true when we take the ministry and say, God, I'm going to take it. The ministry of reconciliation, which is for everyone to go and tell, tell L, as many as we can, that God was reconciling everybody in Christ Jesus. They have been forgiven. I got that, Lord. Let me go take that one on. And we'll experience, even in our times of failure, Jim will be very honest, as he mentioned last week in his sermon, where he just held back sometimes when God said, I want you to tell that person something. It's okay. It's part of the adventure. Ephesians 4, 16 says these words, the next verse to uh, you can read the, the verses preceding it, but it says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which what? Every part does its share. One of the things I was just watching the other day on YouTube is just um, a, a football player was going through the Navy SEALs training. And they were explaining why they train for different things. They try to break you, your psyche. They try to get you to dis discourage. But ultimately, their end goal is to work as a unit. And so they have this really, really big, um, what would you guys call it? A tree? <laughs> um, where they all put it on their shoulders. Yeah, a log. That's a, good, that's a better term than a tree. <laughs> so sometimes my mind doesn't catch quickly as to what my, my pictures are. So... You put the, 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 the tree, I'm joking, you put, the, you put the tree on the shoulders, and there's like seven guys, and they said this, they said, if one person is not pulling its weight, everybody else will be affected, and I can't wait to see what this looks like, that every part does its share, and I just want to reassure you. That wherever you're at, maybe you're at a place of fear of not stepping into something. Or maybe you don't think you deserve to be used by God and have a gift or a ministry. That's where we're going to meet you. We're not going to just say, no, no, come on, come on for the ride. No, we're going to have four courageous individuals who go, we're going to start this thing off. Show you how this thing may be done because they have no clue how to do it either. But love will be the guide. The Holy Spirit is going to be the teacher, Amen. So God is calling you up. I said this a couple weeks ago, but I want to reiterate. God is calling you up. He's not focused. He doesn't care. He's not talking to you about your inadequacy or your weaknesses. They're irrelevant to him. It doesn't make any sense to him. It doesn't matter because it's not about you being strong enough or you being good enough or you being skilled enough. It has everything to be with, I'm in this, guys. So if I'm with you, you're okay. If I called you, it's because I know what I'm calling. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I know who I chose. And so God is calling us up. And remember what he does. You can put that on the screen. Um, you're like, which one? Uh, the, the three. So God calls you up what? 
that you're a beloved son and daughter before Jesus stepped into his ministry, what did the only words God said? This is my son, my beloved son, in whom I'm what? What a great ministry pep talk, right? What a great pep talk right before you go to the wilderness. Why? It's the greatest pep talk you could ever, ever receive. Why? I am his beloved son, so no matter what he takes me through, no matter what I go through, he is always good, he always has my best in mind, and he's always setting me up to succeed in what he's called me to do. So I don't ever have to question, God, why are you taking me through this? I just realized, God, you're so good, and I know that this is going to allow me to produce more fruit for you. So he calls us up first into our identity and then to our ministry. Why? Because ministry will become your identity no matter what you do. Business will become your identity. Marriage will become your identity if you flip it around. If you are not fully secure in who you are in God, and that's what happened to me for many years, ministry was my identity until he stripped me of it all. I stepped away from a ministry and what happened? All the text messages stopped. All the emails stopped. All the people I was discipling no longer wanted my discipleship. I literally was stripped from the identity of realizing I didn't realize how much identity I had in the affirmation of other people. In the wanting to learn from Justin from other people. And so for two and a half years I began to be stripped of this identity. Why? Because he wanted me to have one source of my identity. Who I am in Christ and who he is to me. Now he can put me back into a place of ministry and go, now minister from your identity, Justin. Don't minister to get something from people. that awesome? And then lastly, when he calls you up into ministry, whatever that is, that may be an opportunity through the day. It may be God uh, prodding your heart right now saying, you know what, you're one of those missionaries. Or it may be I have a specific assignment for you. Then he calls you up into what? His ability. This is not about us. It's not about our ability. It's not about whether or not we can do this or whether or not we can't. That is irrelevant to God because it's about his ability working through us. So God has chosen each and every one of you to be his. And he sends all of us out as sons and daughters. I want you to get that picture of a pit stop. When you leave here, you're sent back out into the race that God has called you. My prayer is... That your eyes will be open to seeing the man who is laying on the side of the street, beaten up, and no longer can help himself. That our eyes would actually see those people as we walk through life. And you know how those people look today? Like this. They're hiding. They're masking their pain. They're masking what life has done to them. They're trying to now put up a front, to put up a mask so that everybody can go, Oh, he's okay. No, that's why we have this spirit of God to go, he's not okay. Tell that person right there, tell that person, Justin, that I am with them and I know the pain that they're going through. And the waitress goes, how did you know what I was going through? I have no idea except God just loves you enough to tell me that you're going through something and he's with you every step of the way. And what did that do? It now allowed me to make life not about what I want, not about me going grocery shopping, not about me ordering food at the restaurant, but about maybe a person that has been brought into my path because God wants to get something to that person. Look what it says in John 17, 18. (laughs) My watch isn't working, so that meant nothing when I just did that. It says it is 7 p.m., so... So eventually that might be true if we just keep on going. So John 17, 8, as you sent me, this is his prayer to the Father. Listen to these words. Jesus said, 
Father, as you sent me into the world, I also what? I sent. Every single one of you have been born, but with a mission. You've been sent into your world where you work, into your family, praise God, and into your communities. You're not where you are by accident. And you're not where you are without a mission, without a ministry. God said what? Jesus said, as you sent me into the world, so I send them where? Back into the world. God's not scared the world's going to devour you and the world's going to make you all messed up. No, no. God says, man, they have the spirit of God on the inside of them. They've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. They have the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are sons and daughters of the living God. They are my beloved. They're going to be just fine. So he's not scared of that. No, he sent us into that place. John 15, 6 says, you did not choose me. I love that. What? We have been what? Chosen. If you ever struggle with insecurity or not feeling like you're accepted by God, just tell yourself, wait, he chose me. I didn't choose him. He chose me. And he didn't pick you last. He handpicked you and said, I want you, and 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 I want you. Why? Because I gave you something that I need the world to benefit from. And he says, and I appointed you that you should sit in the garage. Go to your love, your lazy boy. No, it says you should what? Go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he is going to give it to you. So ministry is what? It's people. Love is the guide. You want to know how to do ministry? Let love guide you. Father, I receive your love today. Give me a greater capacity to receive your love so that when I cross people, I'll see your heart for them so that I can actually now begin to uh, give them what you have so freely given to me. And the Holy Spirit is your teacher. I, I, I ask this when I'm getting my hair cut or I ask this when I'm at a restaurant at times or I ask this when I'm around somebody. I go, Lord, give me a, give me a thought for them that you have. And there'll be a flood of different thoughts and there's so many things. I don't know how to explain it to you, but there's so many where I go, nope, nope, I know that's not it. Not, oh, that's the one you have for them, Father, and I can share that freely with them. So you have been placed into your world to be a conduit of his love. I want to finish off with this. Jim and Amy, Mike and Jess, you guys can make your way up. Ministry is done in the flow of life. I want you to hear these words from Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were what? They were beaten for what? proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. You guys can come just stand right down there so you don't feel awkward up here. They were beaten for proclaiming the gospel of Christ. They were thrown where? Into a jail cell. I want you to see when you deny self and you live from one, one identity, which is from God, you can sit in that jail cell and the questions you're asking is not like, how could this happen, Lord, to us? We were preaching the gospel for you. No, they knew the words that suffering and persecution and afflictions are coming to all. And so they did not ask that question. They said, this is an opportunity for what? To glorify the Father of heaven. And so they started to praise God and sing praises to his name. And what happened? 
everybody was what? I want you to just picture that. Everybody's listening. Somehow, some way, God has placed them in that jail cell so that everybody would listen to what they're about to do. And do you know, as a result, it says these words. Trembling with fear, the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon, fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? And they replied, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with your entire household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in that household were saved. And the same hour the jailer washed his wounds and he and everyone in the household were immediately baptized. Ministry can happen at any moment at any time. I want you to be aware that you are where you are in life, surrounded by the people that you're surrounded in life to be a conduit of his love and his light to that, that person's life. Nothing is by accidents or happenstance. There's a ministry for all of us. All right, you guys can come on up. So I'm excited today to separate and to send these two couples. By a raise of hands, don't worry if there's none, you won't, you won't disappoint me. Is there anybody who felt prompted that this is the next season of life for you? Okay. Yeah, I saw him. Hold that dear to your heart and we will, we will begin to explore what this looks like, okay? And so just be prayerful about it. And then make sure you guys talk with Jim and with Mike and see where this thing goes. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 4 says these words. Now in the church of Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, and Lucius, and Cyrene, uh, Mananain, um, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord, they fasted. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Bar Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down into those cities. And so here's what I see. I see God using New Day as a conduit, as an equipping place to raise you up, to equip, and to send out. I've seen it from day one and it's becoming more and more clear what that looks like. To raise up, to equip, and then to send out with the mission that is very simple. Three words come to my mind. To reach, to love, to share. To reach people right where they're at with what? With the love of God that they have freely received and now to share when there's opportunity to share. And so I'm going to take a moment and just exhort you guys and say that congratulations on making that step of what you guys are going to do. I know in my heart how big this is in the kingdom of God. Like, I know it. I know there's something, and you guys are stepping into an arena that is unfamiliar. You're stepping into a place that is outside your comfort zone, and you're stepping out without details. Those, that's a recipe for great success in the kingdom of God. <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to say, we here support you. We all will be praying for you, and we all are thankful for the heart that you operate with. Um, and so I'm going to ask Ryan to come on up, please, with me. And I just want to bless you guys today and anoint you guys and commission you guys to go do what you guys are going to call to do, and then I want you to share briefly. So come on over here. 
Would you just extend your hands toward them? Is the theme of what the world's going through. Can somebody play the Jeopardy music for me? <laughs> Let's lay hands on them, okay? Father, we thank you for Mike and for Jess, for Jim and for Amy. And I bless these couples in Jesus' name. And I say, Father God, may your grace abound on them. May they realize that this is not about them. This is much bigger than them. This is about your anointing and your grace upon them to reach people that may never step foot in a church and that they go and be the church, Father God. So give them strategies and ideas. Give them wisdom and discernment to know who and when and how to go about doing what you've called them to do. And so I thank you, Father God, for what you have shown me and I pray that they will be ambassadors of this vision and of this mandate. So we commission them, and as they did in Acts chapter 13, we send them out as missionaries to our Jerusalem, that they will go with boldness, they will go knowing they have the backing of New Day community behind them to support them, to pray for them, and to encourage them. And so we bless them today, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's give Jesus a round name. for you one for you so can you just share briefly what we've talked about the heart for this and then what took place on